This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello and welcome to this week's fan show on the Royal Blue Acast channel. You are listening to The View from Gladys Street podcast with me, Ian Kroll, my guests. There's three of them. We have the return of Rob Astle. Hello, Rob. Evening, mate. Okay. We have the return of Connor Bennett. Hello, Connor. You alright? And we have the return of Connor O'Neill. Hello, Connor. Evening, Ian. Uh, lads, I hope you're all well. It's been 11 days since Everton last played and we've got another five days to go before we even play Cardiff. I'll have to admit, the weekend that I had, it was it was great. So no, no Everton. No stress. It, it was bliss. Yeah. I don't know about you three, but Saturday... I went for a walk in North Wales. It was great. <laughs> Saturday, Saturday night went went for a party. There was just no stress whatsoever. Can't beat that. Um, anyway, enough about my social life. Um, just to let our listeners know that there are a few tickets remaining for our Royal Blue Live podcast event at the Baltic Market on Wednesday, the twenty seventh of February. We've got a few special guests taking part in the events, including the likes of Alan Myers and former Everton player Michael Ball and a few others. There's also going to be a quiz and tickets are priced at £5 and you also get a free drink. So if you fancy coming along, please do so. I'll put a link in the description of this podcast where you'll be able to um, find where you can buy the tickets. Um, anyway, on to more pressing matters. Um, lads, as I say, it's been a while um, since Everton last played. It's been a, a couple of days since we last sat around the table. And um, Marco Silva, Connor, has decided not to take his squad on a warm weather training camp. We touched upon this in the, in the last one. He's he stayed at Finch Farm. Obviously, time will tell whether this is going to be the right decision. In your, you know, in your opinion, will it be the right decision or do you think he should have, uh, you know, treated this, you know, past probably 10 days as a, you know, a pre-season effectively? Um, I think in terms of whether it's the right decision or not, only... Time will tell with that one. Only, you know, the, the next couple of performances will we'll show you whether it was the right or wrong decision not to take the players away. Personally, though, I'm surprised he hasn't took them away. I thought he might have took them away and almost treated it like a mini pre-season. I know Michael Ball alluded to it in the echo of a, almost like a winter break type style camp. Um, so I'm a little bit surprised that he hasn't sort of took them away and, and maybe got them a little bit galvanised and, you know, a bit of togetherness in, in the group and he's opted to stay at Finch Farm. But... In terms of knowing whether it's the right or wrong thing to do, only time will tell. Um, but at the minute, it's just another one of Silver's big gambles. What, what, he, what he's hoping will pay off. Rob, what would you have done in this in the period of time then? Because we all know that a lot of the players went on, you know, bit of holiday, bit of a you know, couple of days break. And as far as we we know, they've been back at Finch Farm. Um, would you have done that? Would you have kept them at Finch Farm? Um, no, I'd have probably took them away, to be honest with you. You know, Moise is, you know, going back to the Moise days, I always remember Moise alluded to one uh, specific when he took the team to America when they were struggling and they come back and they really, really bonded and the next thing is, you know, we started playing really well and rescued the season. Um, and, you know, warm weather, it's not been it's not been an easy few months for us really, has it? You know, it's not been the greatest of weather as well to play football in and 
it would have been a way for them to recharge the batteries, um, get a bit of sun, you know, cure any little niggling injuries. But obviously, you know, it is a gamble. He's he's taken not not taking them away. Um, but it's a gamble that we'll see if it's paid off after um, the Cardiff game, I suppose. See if it's worked or not. But I am shocked that we haven't gone away. Given it, what is it? Seven was it? It's seventeen days without a game, isn't it? It would have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Seven. That's a long. That's a long time without any footballer. Um, you know, I saw. Was it last week? Newcastle played some friendlies, didn't he? Uh, behind closed doors mm-hmm. in Spain. You know, to keep the match fitness up. But so uh, we'll wait. We'll wait and see. I suppose. Okay, um, kind of regardless of whether he's gone away, you know, on a warm weather training camp or he's kept the players at Finch Farm, this period of time surely has got to be the perfect opportunity for Silva to, you know, bond with his players and get his message across yeah. because, you know, this is what we've been saying since this, you know, this barren run now that we're, that we're on and just can't can't even get out of and. You know, a lot of fans who are in defence of Silver keep saying stuff like, well, you know, got to give him time to get his philosophy on board and his style of play. Well, you know, 17 days, okay, it's not a, you know, a full pre-season, don't get me wrong, but, you know, this this has got to be the perfect time for Silver to stamp his authority on yeah. that team. Yeah, it's a good period to reassess. And, like, I think he keeps alluding to the fact that the biggest problem is zonal marking and at the back, on the back line. So it's the sort of like time where you think, oh, let's sit down, let's knuckle down and get this sorted. But I don't know if there's any sort of benefits to going away compared to staying. Like, you're a bit more comfort staying at home and stuff like that. But I don't, I, I wouldn't really know. I still had to what he said. Like, you only only know if, the, if we benefited or not from when we play Cardiff next week. He does need to bond with the team and, and everything like that. But that should have been done pre-season that should have been done in September it shouldn't be sat here in February approaching March and thinking oh god the manager needs to get on on board and make a few mates with the players because it's a recipe for disaster isn't it like no no, no other clubs talking about that apart from like say the bottom three who will just feel they've got a new gaffer and stuff like that but I, it's time will tell I think I think as we all keep saying about everything with this club at the minute I think as well I think Silva in terms of taking him away for the best part of two weeks he already not that we've got any right or any kind of say in it, but if he find if this if these fans find out that they're going on a two week all inclusive trip to Dubai after the performances that they put in since you know since the derby, given the pressure that he's already under and the criticism that he's under on you know your Twitter and your Facebooks blah blah blah, there'll be murder over Would it. Would it so be he, seen he as, a, he, as an all inclusive w- break to to Dubai though for the players? They're going there to work. I was where Martinus took them, didn't he? And yeah, well, that's the, a different kettle of fish, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> <And> <laughs> the big big night out and stuff. Like, yeah, not, yeah. Not long after that, <laughs> things the, like don't you, things like that help the team bond though. There's cases for it. Definitely, there's cases for it. But at the same time, Marco Silva, he can't do anything right at the minute. So it's a that's a gamble in its in its own right. Him taking them away and and on having this sort, you know. This you know this nice sunny break because that's effectively what it'll turn into. They'll train and stuff, but they're in warm weather. You know what I mean? They're not. They're going to be sitting by the pool the rest of the day, aren't they? Or they've got to do something to pass the time rather than sitting in a hotel room. So he, he can't win. So if he takes them away, then he's like, oh, they don't deserve it. But if he doesn't take them away, he's like, oh, what are you doing? You know, get them away, try and, and try and make them bond. He can't really win. So he, he's probably just thought, you know what? Might as well leave it. I'm doing the same thing like you've just said there, Connor. I'm doing the same thing at Finch Farm that I do over there. You know, it's not going to make much of a difference. So keep them here and hopefully they'll get this bond and whatever it is they need to do done here. 
I think the big thing that no one alludes it to was they actually give them time off. Everyone seems like no one's mentioned that really, and I was quite surprised when I actually seen that he gave them time off. I actually thought a bit what you were saying about taking the morality. I thought, oh, cue the, the, the meltdown here because mm. people are going to be saying they've got after got five days off, they should, you know, they should be running up the sand dunes. And you know, <laughs> to be fair, they give me 17 days off, and I couldn't be happy. So, it's, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think obviously, he, like Rob said, he's just he's backed into a corner, isn't he? Where, there's, there's no right or wrong way of approaching it. I mean, you know, we, we've seen in the past where, you know, David Moyes took his his team to America and he said that we've mm. revitalised the season. You've seen it in the past where I think, was it Harry Redknapp took Queen's Park Rangers to Dubai in hope that a warm weather training camp would, you know, kick them on mm. and it got them the ends of getting relegated and come back in worse form than what they went. So <laughs> it, it doesn't always work, you know, the, yeah. the, the, whole, the whole thing doesn't always work and I was just more surprised that he gave them time off. I thought he might have done some like playing maybe a few friendlies or look to do something different yeah. more than just in day a couple of days off back to normal training. I thought he might have tried to mix it up a little bit. I was thinking about it over the weekend. Like you know, we'd have all loved to have been in the fifth round of the FA. Was it the fifth round? Or the yeah, sixth round? Fifth, fifth round. round of the yeah. FA, yeah, fifth round of the FA Cup on Saturday. You know, and, and being involved in a game. But given the run that we were on. Leading up to leading up to this, after leading up to the Wofford game, oh sorry, just after the Wofford game, you know what? For the, for the for the players and the fans, I think that time off was needed. I think we just got so low over things. Maybe a bit of time. We're gonna walk away. Just forget about football for you know for four or five days, and we'll come back and we'll regroup and we'll start and we'll start again effectively. Did the Millwall game, the defeat and going out the cup, not only heighten you know the hysteria around what's going on at the moment though if we oh, got to yeah, the yeah. beat Millwall and we probably wouldn't be having this conversation and saying yeah you know we could be talking about in, being in the FA Cup quarter final yeah. do you know what things I mean things would have been a, little, things a bit rosy but, but, it, but it's not unfortunately so yeah. I think given the run that we were on this absolutely it, 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 I was dreading going to football matches and I can only imagine still am still am <laughs> yeah still am yeah I can only imagine going out to the going uh, being a player and going out and going one nil down realising you've made the same mistake again all eyes are on you it must be soul destroying in some respects, and I can. Un- so after that Wofford game, it's like you know what, get out my sight, go and live your lives for four or five days, mm. and we'll come back, we'll talk about it again, and we'll start and we'll start again, and hopefully in these ten days or however, however long he's got them now before the next game, you know we can sort it out. You know they, they all seem to be jovial. You know we've heard a couple of sound bites. You know Kurt Zoomers come out, Bernard come out this week and said said good things about Silver. Um, you know, so hopefully they're working on stuff. Are we to believe these sound bites that you're saying? It's all that the players have it's come all, out. It's all convenient, isn't it? I, you know, for me, it's Phil Neville syndrome. Every time we went, you know, when he was at the club, every time we were under the rallying cry, under the under the cosh, you'd get that rallying cry in the back of the echo every every night, wouldn't you? Saying, you know, we, you know, we're trying to sort this out, kind of thing, and you know, maybe it's similar to that. But at the same time, there aren't many voices in that squad at the minute, so anything that kind of does come off from the players, you, you suppose you've got to take it as gospel. Do you know what I mean? It's like. They're, they're a quiet bunch in a way. They're not always in the you know in the news, make it doing interviews and stuff, are they? So you know you'd like to think it's it's all it's all sincere and truthful. Are you kind of you hopeful? Things are all rosy at the moment in terms of obviously things aren't going. I'm not trying to like insinuate anything. What I'm saying is things aren't going well. So you, you've 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 got to hope that things are, are rosy and that there's still a real togetherness and a cohesion um, there because if there isn't, we are in big trouble. 
because if we're a divided bunch, you know, the, you, you see with the fan base, you know, when it's divided, it's toxic. You but know, within when, within when, the camp, you know, and, and I think it's the same with the camp. Mm. You know, I imagine that when it's as one, and there's real cohesion, there's real togetherness. You know, they can produce the type of forms that they did pre the pre the Merseyside derby. If it's not like that, and it's you know, there's mutterings of people not being happy, or I mean, we don't know that because obviously nothing's come, nothing's officially come out. But if there's people who are, you know maybe knock knuckling down. Some people have given up. Some people bad have got the, the flip flops on. There's bad attitudes. That's only sort of a, a worry, and it's a worry because we're not, you know, a hundred percent safe from relegation. You know, we can in a couple of weeks be nervous looking over our shoulder. We've got to show something to get out of the rut that we're in. So if them type of rumblings are there in the camp, it is a worry and it, it is a big concern. And I think that's the type of thing that could ultimately cost Silver most. Because if he can't prove that he can unite the group and get the group fighting as one, then it's time. It's time could be up. Kind of just to touch on that point. Then, so if, if things weren't great, yeah. which we're like we're not saying the not, but surely you know brands would see this and he would be passing this on to Machiri and whatever, and you know things something will be done about it. Surely, you know, well, you'd like to think so, um, but I I think. It sort of stems back to his appearance on Talksport the other week when he talked about giving him time and being patient with it. I don't. I what did something come out the other day? It was like how much we've given ex-managers now under Machiri or something. It was like thirty million in like payment fees and stuff. I don't think he wants to deal with it anymore. I don't. I think he was not anymore, but like right now, I, he he chased after Silver so long that I don't think he wants to be like. He'd look pretty stupid. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he'd be he'd be a fault because it, it was his man and it was like I'm gonna get him regardless of even like getting in trouble with the league or something like that. So is, at the moment, is, this, is that not the one thing, but is that an I overriding th- factor that's yeah, I, keeping him I, I, where I th- he is? Yeah, I think if, if it was potentially like, say, Koeman or Martinez, they'd have, well, they'd have gone. I think, well, nine games, something without a win before Othersfield, they'd have, been, they'd have well gone. Fans aren't happy. And as I keep saying, Zappati at Goodison, no one wants to be there. It's not fun to be there. You don't really want to go and watch football anymore. But, I think Machiri made this decision last season to get Silver, and until Silver makes that sort of ultimate mistake and maybe getting beaten the derby and getting trounced or something like that, he'll be in charge. I think until at least next December. I think as well. I thought. I think another thing as well. You're saying there about money's paying out. If he sacks Silver for argument's sake, he's not only going to pay Silver off. Don't forget, there's still an investigation between the Premier League Watford and Everton over the yeah. initial hiring of him it's going to cost him a lot of money and he's kind of already alluded to the fact that he's not going to you know, be spending at mega bucks anymore so I think unless this gets to a disastrous this se- let, let's talk about this season in general I, I personally think he's got until at least next January to, to I give it kind of the December, January to try and turn this around but unless this gets if this gets drastic unless this sorry unless this gets drastic he's here till he's here he's not, I don't think he'll go anywhere I disagree. I, I I think he's got lucky so far, massively lucky, because it, the club's craving stability. It's it's craving someone to, to stay at the helm mm. for a prolonged period of time. And as a result, Silver's kind of found the trap of fans almost turning the blind eye to the poor performances and the poor results because they're hoping that 
he can be the one who is at the helm for such a long time. Do you think people have really turned the blind eye to some performances, though? Because how, how bad some... I, I think I, some I, people I'm, have. I'm a fan of them, but even I can... Like, the performances and I think some, some people have, because I, I honestly think that if Kuman and Allardyce haven't been before that's, him, yeah, that's fair. He, he, would, he would be out of a job by now. I, I honestly think that. And I think that if we get beat at Cardiff next Tuesday and we get beat by Liverpool on the Sunday, he'll be at the point of no return. Because just that just speaks for itself and that would leave us possibly nervous looking over our shoulder and if once you get on the the, the you know let's be honest our, our season's nosedive since the, the, the Merseyside derby and I think the fact that okay there's a big mess at the club and everyone knows that and no one really expected much this season in terms of you know really kicking on them you know potentially get crashed in the top six and what have you but what Silver's failed to do is he's failed to re, almost rejuvenate a bunch of players mm. who before the Merseyside derby were playing like Wilbeaters like Will and were playing a, a brand of football that was good on the eye we looked like we were going to score we looked defensively solid for the first time in a long time and since that goal for whatever reason we've just nosedived completely the wrong way and I think a lot of, uh, some of that's got to leave with the manager because he's got to do more as a manager to galvanise the players. I mean, a lot of them players against Wolves look like they give up in the second goal. Should they not take credit though for the what you just said? Players look like world beaters, the, the run that we went on. Oh, of, of course you should, but at the minute, the, the run we went on is far superior, less than the run we're on at the minute. So you can only be judged by the now. And the now is, we're nose diving down the table at an alarming pace. We don't, we, we can't score a goal and we can't defend. It's a recipe for disaster in football. And he, he, he's almost saved himself by what's been before him in, in my eyes. You know, I'm a big Silver fan and I, you know, I've defended them time and time again on here and I'll continue to do so. But unfortunately, I do agree with you. I think fan pressure, given a lack of results at Cardiff and against Liverpool, I think he'll be out of a job. Following two games, if the next two games, if you get beat. And that... That I, I don't want it to happen because I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying you do, but but the only thing is the only th- well, I think one's kind of saving grace here, right? I think if if he sacks Silver, the club, the fans turn against Machiri, then yeah, don't disagree. Well, questions will be asked. Obviously. Questions are going to start yeah, getting yeah. asked about him. All you know, he's been this savior for. Call him a savior. That's probably you know overcompensating. He's not built that new stadium. Yeah, he's not built. I know. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You know, he's come in. He's 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 plowed millions into the club, which which has been misspent by managers, not him. At the end of the day, they've recommended he's not the football and brain here, is he? Obviously, the the managers in in. in, I think he wants a toast, no? Yeah, he said he wants a toast, yeah. (laughs) But anyway, if he sack if he sack Silver, he's gonna start. The fans are gonna start going. Well, what's this guy in charge doing? You know what I mean? What 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 is he doing? He sacked three managers in the space of two years. We're going absolutely nowhere. He's talking about this stadium, which you know, like you've just said there, a brick hasn't been laid yet. At the end of the day, has it? You know, so does I'll, put, I'll play devil's devil the uh, devil's advocate. Does he put brands in charge of sacking Silver? Well, With I, him being on the board now, you'd think well, that that's that's that'd be the case. I, in my opinion, I think if Silver goes, it's brand's decision. I, no, I think. Machiri will come out maybe not publicly but potentially it'll get leaked 
brief to, 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 to members of the press. By a Jim White. That, probably by Jim White, yeah. And the world. Yeah. That, that Marcel Brands as of now was in charge of all football and matters at the club. And he'll make it quite clear that because of what's going on, he'll say he's taking a step back from the football and um, it's, it's almost becoming the brand show. But at the end of the day, though, Silver, uh, Silver, sorry, Machiri's got to sign off on that, hasn't he? As, as you said, he's now Brands on the board as well. And I think his title is like, like is more about not directing the football it's higher than that now so is he not mm-hmm. at this point already in charge of all football mm-hmm. and matters potentially yeah, but I mean in terms of because what Rob was saying is that you know Michelle will get stick because he appointed Silver yeah yeah again. he'll come out and say well I've got it wrong not right, I've yeah. got it wrong again but as of now like we lose to the AGM he is now in charge of all football and matters and going forward yeah, fair. as a club we are going to support Marcel's decision um, because but- that's the only way that he gets out of jail, isn't it? But then to, but then to, to go against that even for, even more so, I think it was after the Watford game, Brands spoke to the Dutch press. For some bizarre reason, he never spoke to the English press, but he spoke to the Dutch press where he said, we understand what's going wrong here. We're trying to fix it. It will take... He kind of reiterated his sound by from the beginning of when oh, he first, when he stuff, first yeah. came about patience and stuff. So, so from that, you'd like to think that a bad result against Liverpool, uh, sorry, Cardiff, Liverpool, and Liverpool would would still see Silver in charge, and we're still trying to aim for that stability. So it could go in either direction. But would you be disappointed then after from the the quotes that you've you've read or you've, you've listened to? And obviously, you know the question there that we get beat against Cardiff and Liverpool, and then we 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 would potentially then go and sack them because of what has been said in the past yeah. past month. Because again, the club's not sticking to its philosophy, is it? Again, we're starting again for the third time in two years, and it's what are we doing? We got. I, I I mentioned this to you on the on the way home from a match. I think it was the City game. We're going to end up like Villa. They did this. They um, they spent a fair, well, a fair bit of money at the time for what. You know, they bought the Darren Bent and Stuart Downer and things like that for big money. And then all of a sudden the results didn't go their way and they started chopping and changing manners left, right and centre. Look where they are now. Hmm. You know, and we're running a dangerous game here where we're running out of time to find the right man if, if Silver's not the right man. If Silver's not the right man. And that's why I think well, we need to give this this guy as much opportunity as possible. I, 29 games 29, 30 games I think it's I think it's really unfair to, to be judging a manager who's coming into like this team which we were, we've we already spoke about is, is two thirds of it's not fit for purpose is it at the end of the day so he's working with what he's got he's doing the same thing and same same thing week in week out because that's all he believes they're capable of I think so well then does it come down then to you know this has been talked about a lot over the past probably two, three years since, probably since when Cumin first came in and our identity and, you know, what is our identity? Because we felt like Silver kind of got something mm. going at the early stages of the season and now it's obviously, like you said, it's it's nosedived. Connor, is there, is there a specific point, do you think, that we've completely just, we're not, this is not whatever and art anymore that you think, or has it just been over a sustained period of time? I think it's just, happened since maybe like I can probably point back to some in points in the Martinez era like it's just sort of just decayed over time like we we used like the identity excuse under Cumin so to speak because sort of people wanted I think I, I, the second season people wanted to use it because he wasn't he wasn't Everton like as people will say he what he didn't want to know about it he was sort of 
he was happy to be here because of the money or whatever you want yeah. to say. But the identity is sort of built into some people from what was created under Moyes, which is sort of it created another. It cre- yeah, he always spoke about a glass ceiling, and we would never break through it. But I think going back to what that is would create another glass, another sort of glass ceiling, and sort of well, we want an Everton side that works hard, we want an Everton side that tackles, we want an Everton side that that runs their heart out, and if they get beat off, fair enough, they've had to go. But people forget that it was poor at times under Moyes against like West, against well. West Brom, yeah. against v- v- Villa, against Bolton. Birmingham, Bolton. Yeah. All right, fair enough. We had to go eight games a season against the top four. Great. We look great at times. I think today is like the four-year anniversary, or longer than that, sorry, mm. of the nine years Billy Letton yeah. off goal. Four years, years, nine. Yeah, and that was a brilliant performance. But that side never did anything more than that. Never looked at anything more than seventh that. Seventh or eighth, wasn't it? Seventh or eighth finish. Finished the Champions League with, what, minus one goal difference was it? Or, mm. or zero? The identity of Everton, if people want to talk about it, and I can't because I'm, well, never seen Everton win a title, but go back to the 80s, go back to Everton winning the ball in the midfield, knocking it wide, getting the ball in the box and letting the striker put it in. It, all right, it sounds very simple, but that was, if, if you get grown up, if you get brought up on like, oh, this is my Everton from back in the day, that's what it was. They were strong at the back, tough to beat in midfield, but classy up front. That's what we look like at part of the season. But it's gone again, and do, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Do you know what? Just to just to like extend on what he's saying there about identity. When you think about it, David Moyes was at Everton for eleven years. That's effectively a generation worth of footballers who've come and gone in that time, isn't it? Who so their generation? You know, I was I was fourteen, fifteen when I had my first season ticket, which was David Moyes' first full season in charge. And the identity for me for Everton then was that we're hard to beat. And I suppose I'm pro- the identity I'm still looking for now is that the one thing I want us to be is hard to beat. And at the minute we haven't got that, so that's why there's probably apathy a lot amongst a lot of the fans. We because we literally can't keep a clean sheet to save our life. But Ball, balls are coming into the box and they're going into the back of the net with ease. I, I understand the hard to beat like concept. I, I get it, but you know, should we not have just stayed with Alice then if we were going to be hard to beat? I'm not. I'm not saying. Oh. I'm not saying let's stay with Alice. I'm saying what are we trying to? We're not. Tr- we're trying to move on from that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I understand <laughs> that, but I, I'm, I'm and I'm all for moving away from that because you need. If we're bringing in these attacking man managers, you've got to be able to like, you've got to be able to change. But I think, I think when it's not working, any Everton fans perfect perfect excuses. Well, we had stability under Moyes, of course we did. That's what, but in effect, mate, that's all we had, stability. Hmm. And it's it's taking time to make that progression, and and fans aren't willing to give it a chance. I think ultimately the biggest problem is just you can hire them all the attacking managers you want in the world but unless you've got a centre forward who can finish yeah. the attack and forward yeah. play, play off you're wasting your time because you know we, we could we could have Pep Guardiola playing 90% like percentage football every week but we haven't got no one in, in the final third on the boxing with the ball in the back of the net it's absolutely worthless three managers have, have not replaced Romelu Lukaku exactly yeah, yeah. you know that's... and that, that's ultimately where we, we, we fall short is because we, we can't put the ball I mean you, even, you, look, you, look, you look at Martinez's his last two seasons we were poor then defensively and struggled but we have Lukaku's goals to get us out of trouble Koeman's first season Lukaku's goals to get us out of trouble since he's left the club no one's stepped up no one's even got close to, to, to replicating mm. what he's done for us and we haven't even looked like well apart from Olivier Giroud we haven't even got close to really replacing him with a prominent well-known centre-forward yeah. and I know Zenk Tosin come in but he wasn't the name on everyone's 
people's list, lips was he last January you know never heard of him yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. so except for Olivia Giroud he's the only sort of name who people have gone oh yeah you know potentially but, could but you know mm. recognised centre forward in the Premier League score goals on a regular basis and I just think we can get all the attacker managers we want in the world but if we haven't got a forward you can put the ball in your position well, now for you that, time. for you is identity important like do like what uh, what is that our identity at the minute I mean no, a lot not, of people not really, say we don't because know I, I don't I've never really understood the whole mantle in some respects of identity and a pattern of playing stuff because ultimately the most important thing in football is winning matches. You know, we come forth scraping 1-0 wins every week where we go a goal up and just defend. It wasn't great, but it probably it gave us one of, one of the best yeah. seasons of our lives. You know, we, we lived to bring our, we lived to bring out our means that year. You know, we, 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 we get crushed at a you know, a, a party that we should never have been anywhere near. Yeah. Um, and we've done it playing a pretty, you know, not pretty on the eye yeah. style of play. Ever since that season, we've always played two defensive midfielders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. you know, so I just think, you know, the, the, I think in terms of identity, we can you can get it kind of drawn in and, and let up a, a lot over it and people talk about Barcelona and this and that. And yeah, you know, that's great, but they're world elite teams for a reason. We just need to concentrate on winning football matches and find the formula that wins football matches. Whether that's, you know, playing off from the back of it, that's route one. The position where at the minute, we just need to win football matches and put points on the board. Mm. It's as simple as that for me. When you see the likes of people saying, I potentially want Moyes back or mm. bring Kale in or bring Arteta in, you know, perceived to be, obviously they are Everton men, do you know what yeah. I mean? They have. Is that, is that realistic? Is that, you know, a lot of people have been you know, detrimental in terms of Silva's experience as a manager. And that's one of the reasons why he's, he's failing at the moment. But if you're looking at the likes of bringing Kale in and Arteta in as, I don't know, backroom teams or as full-on manager, they've got no experience whatsoever as a as a manager, have they? I think there's, there's two ways you got to look at it, isn't it? There's, there's the, the looking at of, of the Moyes and Arteta view certainly is you've got to be realistic in that if we get rid of Silva, who are we honestly going to go on a point? Who are we honestly going to bring in? Because... You can't imagine there'll be a list of people queuing around Goodison Road for the job. There'll be a lot of managers put off because they'll think, well, if I go there in six months... The job's turned into a poison child. Yeah, sorry. it's not yeah. going well. I'm not going to get, you know... I'm going to get financial backing because we've seen Marcel Brands and Farah Bashiri both come out publicly and say, we need to tighten up on the wage bill. It'll be a one-in, one one-out. You know, the stadium's not going to fund it. There's, there's a lot of factors that... On the other hand, though, no, the manager could think three-year contract after a year I'll be sacked I'll get a great payoff <laughs> they could they could but I think you know there's even Moyes and Arteta are kind of looking at maybe from a more realistic point of view mm. um, I think that, that Tim Cahill shouts are just nonsense if I mean yeah, it's, 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 it's this concept of Everton fans believing that because of former players in the backroom staff it means that we'll turn into yeah. world beaters unfortunately uh, Duncan Ferguson trackled on in this four or five years of tenure <laughs> yeah you know if you, if you, if, to, to me if you, if you qualified and you've got previous, then you're in with the shot with the job, basically. Arteta is probably the exception to that in a sense where he's plied his trade effectively behind closed doors at Arsenal and then... Um, City. And, and City. You know, you're not Pep Guardiola's assistant for nothing, but at the same time, you've got to look and go, well, hang on a minute, you're only his assistant. Mm. You're not making decisions here. And, and I think as well, just sorry, on Arteta, there was a point, wasn't there, last year in the Champions League where Guardiola got sent to stand against Liverpool? At the Etihad, yeah, and Guardiola, um, 
Arteta was effective. I think he to, took a full game, though. You know, was effective. But I know, I know that night he was effectively taking charge from the sidelines and reading, it was the reading, home game, wasn't it? Read, yeah, yeah. It was the, they were one up at the break and Guardiola yeah. got sent off. And I know a lot of people said that he froze Arteta or needed. He, he looked a lot out of his depth um, because it was a situation he wasn't used to being in. And I mean, have you seen the status of some of the Everton managers when they get sacked? Imagine what we do to Arteta. <laughs> I, I just the power of Twitter, isn't it? Yeah. I, I just think that. At, at the at the minute the, the the names and stuff too many people are looking into what Solskjaer's done at United you know there's, there's no doubt on what Solskjaer has done it is fantastic but look at the plays he's got to but work look with. at the plays he's got and he's gone in there and don't forget he knew a lot of them plays before he went in because he had Paul Pogba and Jesse Lingard yeah. and Marcus Rashford when he was a cat, when he was with the reserves at mm. the club 10 well, he was years the ago. perfect appointment in a way so, just for the and, short and, term and he went he? in and basically said to Pogba when you used to play for me in the reserves you used to do what you want and we had success we're going to go back to that way same with Lingard and he's done that and it's, it's worked with tea. I think people are getting net up over that I mean I seen something last night with Chelsea Chelsea fans want Frank Lampard to take over oh, from that'd be funny to watch wouldn't it you know it, it's ludicrous you know just because one club has, has done a, a, a method that's worked mm. doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to work across the whole board and we've seen it before with internal appointments and stuff like that it doesn't always work out and no one club is the same as the other and I think people need to forget about that when it's all about potential candidates for the Everton job. I mean, Solskjaer's probably had more experience as well than, than Lampard, if that was well, going to be the case. He, he's he, managed... He took hard off down, didn't he? No, well, he's had yeah, Premier League experience, do you know what I mean? He probably yeah. served them well that yeah. time, um, that time managing. Just for me, as long as it's not Eddie Howe. Yeah. Well, it could be. Please, not Eddie Howe. Yeah, what do you want? Arta, I don't even want Arta. I want him nowhere near Everton. Marco Silva. Marco Silva. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> still to come on the show, just going to talk about the league stadium images and um, kind of the impression from the guys of what they think. We're going to do a brief Cardiff preview because um, we're not going to do another podcast before the Cardiff game. So um, we're just going to talk a little bit about that. And then to finish off, we'll answer some of the fan questions that were submitted via the Royal Blue Facebook group. The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The View from the Gladys Street podcast. Connor. Last week, <coughs> images were leaked, um, according to Everton, from uh, on social media of what you know designs and concepts of the new stadium. Um, and investigations apparently taken place, um, and they've been angered by it. But what were your um, initial, you know, views of of the the designs? Obviously, it probably won't be what the, the final outcome is <coughs> going to be. But yeah, I thought part there was one. I think it showed the outside, and it was like a bit of a airport terminal feel to it. Well, like where like you sort of walk in and there was like slats of woods missing mm. and you could that was the only bit I didn't really like I thought it was for the most part decent I know everyone keeps saying we don't want a bowl and that but it sort of matched a bowl with what people want if you get what I mean like that bit with was it the dock wall it made it sort of look like the park end of the time was it like um I've got a kind of think what what stand it was I I didn't think it was too bad overall video screen and stuff like that like it's the modern stadium is a sort of template now where everyone's got the same sort of thing. Fair enough, you can make as many changes as you want to make it Everton or to make it Tottenham or whatever. It's at the end of the day, it's going to be the sort of same thing you get everywhere. It's going to look like the Emirates, sort of, <clears throat> sorry, for the most part. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to have a, a generic feel to it, yeah, isn't it? That, compared that could, to the, yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, Everton are going to be playing in it, or if it ever gets built, Everton will be playing with it. In it. So just to see it as an Everton stadium, I don't, I think. What was it? when were they from November or October? The leaked images, something like that. I think they were yeah, just a consultation one, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, obviously, there'll be a few changes since then. But from what I saw, I, I couldn't really argue with her. 
I've saw a few moans and groans on Twitter saying I'm not happy with the way it looks and stuff like that, Rob. So you're always going to get some people like that, aren't you? But at the end I, of the day, I thought it looked a bit like UV Stadium. Yeah, to be honest, yeah, I thought that, that as well. I thought that like um, massive UV Stadium. I know it, it probably capacity-wise, it's not, but it looks massive. I also think that you just said there, Connor, about it can't have like it's got to have a bullish kind of feel to it because that's how new stadiums are built these days. Mm. They've got, you know, an architect has got like. He's got guidelines to stick to, you know, Premier League guidelines, not just, um, you know, building guidelines and whatnot. So it's got to have that kind of feel to it, just looking at a, at a picture. But I bet you when you get down there, once it's built, it'll look fantastic, you know, and especially with the, the, the dock wall and stuff like that, it'll look great. I, I was quite happy with I it. Like, I did like the uh, the old Rangan roof. That was sort of keep the atmosphere in. I don't know if that'll mm. stick around, but... That sort of something that would be needed, I think, save us all getting wet as well. That'd be nice. I, I was a big fan of as well of the. Um, I don't know whether it was like one side and then the other side, or whether it was what if kind of thing. But I did like the safe standing bit as well, right behind a goal. And I also like the fact that the away fans will be right up <laughs> in the gods, miles away, where they can create an atmosphere for the team. Right now, I mean, to be fair, they haven't got really much choice of where to put them. You could put them in the top balcony, I suppose, but yeah. Right now, we've got the away fans have got like for me too perfect a spot to like get behind the team, and it, it's nice to just put them in a corner somewhere where they can't really like hear. Newcastle do. Yeah, you know that kind of where you way, way, way away from the crowd and things like that. So I'm happy with that. Connor, do you think the stadium is definitely going to happen? Well, I must admit, I barely looked at them leaked images. Yeah, because I tend not to read anything about Evans New Grounds unless it's the date which to confirm they're going to start building it or it's pictures of them putting bricks actually in the ground because <laughs> filling in the dock because you, you've read that much over the well I've, I've read that much over the years and you looked at that much over the years and it's just all becomes a bit of a waffle lo- loads of waffles isn't it and I don't get carried away anymore over anything leaked stadium or any stadium news because until it actually starts happening in front of your own eyes and you can see it and you know when you start giving definite dates of when things are going to happen and a, a proper timeline it's just all what anyone can do isn't it you mm-hmm. know we, you could probably get someone to sit on you know photoshop and make them type of images until it actually sort of comes to fruition mm. that's when i think i'll get excited by leaked Im- like leaked images and stuff like that but in terms of it actually happening it's got to happen hasn't it you know, they, they can't have gone down. Can't have four fell stadium moves. Yeah, moves and, and you can't have gone. Well, like Everton could. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah just one club in Woods, <laughs> yeah. it is Everton. But I just don't think you can go so far down the line like we have right now, this minute, to basically end up nowhere mm. because what a waste. <laughs> what a yeah, waste of people's time doing surveys and, yeah. you know, stuff like that if, if it was never going to happen. We'd just have to do the same thing again, wouldn't we? If, it, if we were, if we found a, another... I, I think as, as well, just touched on it, going back to Mashiri, this is a massive, massive sort of thing on his ownership because since probably he's come in, one of the big things he's kind of pushed is the whole stadium, you know rebrand and you know taking the club into the you know was was this phrase he doesn't want Everton to, Everton and Goodson to be a museum mm. and an AGM well, it was along them lines wasn't it and how do we going to become going to the commercial the modern day commercial world and stuff like that you know we've had all the sound bites you've now got to see the proof and if if the, 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 this stadium bit doesn't come off 
then God help him because he's already basically appointed three foul, two foul managers. You know, he could mm. potentially be sacking his third manager soon if he doesn't get a st- if the stadium doesn't come off the off the ground. Then he's just going to get absolutely battered, isn't he? And if he ultimately, you know, he'll be judged on on the stadium more than anything because that's his, that's the big thing that people are holding on and clinging on to. I think for me is right. I think for me, well, the, the planning permission is due to go in in the summer, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. Think so. You know, so by planning permission going in, you'd suspect then we're going to see actual fully fledged designs. You know, and I think once you get that, I think you'd be like, well, all right, then this is it now. It's going to start. So I think get, let's get to the summer. Same with the team, and <laughs> and uh, you know, and you, you'll we'll hopefully see final images then of what of what we can kind of expect and you know and and, uh, and go from there on it but you know you are, you are iconic you can't if you if you're not if you're new to this club the thing you should always know <laughs> is just don't take anything for granted at all <laughs> and expect the unexpected yeah <laughs> um okay connor um a couple of days then till we play cardiff yeah uh, Premier League will resume uh, next week for us anyway um, predictions first and if everyone is fit yeah, what would your team be because it's a tough one isn't it really yeah. we keep swapping and changing um, you know back and forth up front left mid or you know midfielders defenders what what would your what would your team be going into the Cardiff game um, back to front or sorry front to back whatever you want to say Pickford, Kenny, Mina, if fit. Okay. Keane, Digne, Gomes, Davis, Gay, um, on, sorry, not, not Davis, McCarthy, Gay, Richarlison, Bernard, Tosin. Okay. And uh, you think we'll get a win? No, I think it'll be a battle and draw. 1 1. Not looking good for Silver, lads. <laughs> um, Rob, do you agree with that team? Did you make any alterations to that? Uh, the only alteration I'd make to it is Davis in for McCarthy. I mean, I'd have McCarthy over Davis sort of thing. I'd put Davis yeah. in and I thought, no, you know what, I thought I want James McCarthy to play. Um, I think when Davis, Gay and Gomez have played together, that midfield's looked strong and compact. Yeah. I don't think we're in any position at the minute to be playing Gilfie Sigurdsson because it, it just looks disjointed when he's in the team. So, I can understand why you want McCarthy in. Maybe give him an hour. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's sort yeah. of like running around because yeah. they're gonna they'll they'll they won't done it now, haven't I? Jinxed it. They won't <laughs> trouble. But you know what sort of game you're gonna get from them? For me, for me this game, this this Cardiff game, right? It's a bit like it's a bit like that day in the game on Boxing Day. You kind of know what you're gonna expect mm. from them, and they're in they're not in as dire straits as Burnley were then. But you know they're still fighting for their lives, and I've got a feeling it's got to be a lot of balls over the top. So. If Silva can play it like he did against Burnley and play the two, uh, you know, mark the two centre forwards of the game, you know, uh, we should have enough against, you know, against their back four to, to win it. We beat them already this season. It'd be the first time if we do win, we've done a double over someone this season as well. So, but yeah, that'd be my team. Just maybe Davis, Davis in for yeah. Davis in for McCarthy. Um, We're gonna get the win. Yeah, gonna win. Yeah, yeah, one nil. Connor. It's going to yeah, be a proper I, tight game. I, I'd go along with Robin Davis over McCarthy and Luckman over Richardson if he's fit as well. I just think his pace and that that bit of skill he provides and that little bit of pit playing his purpose. 
I, I put him into trying to try and really get a you know get a card of him. I potentially p- probably play Calvert Lewin over Tosson. So I just think Calvert Lewin offers you a little bit more in terms of energy and a little more in terms of pace and movement. Um, but once again, you, you're just clutching the straws, aren't you? Going forward, it's mm. it's it's a much of a muchness at the minute. For me, I think Richarlison would be lucky. I think Richarlison's along the same lines as Gilfie Sigurdsson. I think, yeah, he's done well. But the last couple of weeks, me, he's just give up. I think the Wolves game was the real start of it where he just looked like he couldn't be, he lost interest and it's not really changed since. So I, I'd probably be inclined to go with that. Will we win? I'm more aligned with Connor. I think it'll be a half four battle, battle draw. Um, although we beat them at Goodison this year, I thought they were quite robust and they were very... Didn't threat much though, did they? They, they were well organised, but I just struggle to see where... That's why I play Luckman over Richarlison because I think he might give us a little bit more of a threat in terms of putting getting down the... getting down the... Just almost hitting the byline and getting balls into the box. But there'll be a threat and you know full well that they're going to target set pieces, especially with Sol Bamba and Everton's vulnerability and they've got a lads with a long throw as well, haven't they? So you can almost... Almost every chance they get, you'll see them bombard in our box. And it'll be interesting to see how our back four and Jordan Pickford stand up to the task. Okay. Um, last segment of the podcast then, the fan questions. A um, couple of good questions here. Connor, I'll go for you first. Uh, Robert Powell, um, question about James McCarthy, seems as though we've just been talking about him. Now, just did McCarthy play in that friendly against Gormire? No, he was in... He did, didn't he? Did he? Well, anyway, I, I, I wasn't sure, but anyway... What's he played like, like an hour or so? So, Robert yeah. said, a lot of people are suggesting McCarthy needs match fitness until he's ready to start. However, he did play against Gormire back at the start of November. So, I wasn't too sure, but obviously, um, we'll go with the fact that he did. What do you think of the reasons um, we haven't seen him, like, since, like, in, in, you know, in a competitive match since his injury? Is it, is it just down to the fact that he's, he's just not fit at all? He's not ready? Well, he's played a few 23 games because mm. I remember I watched the one I think it was against City at home I think he played an hour and that or 70 minutes and then came off I think he got booked but I just yeah he was, he's been out for 11-12 months with that foot injury I mean it was a bad injury wasn't it, was, it? it? yeah I remember but I just yeah I just don't think he's fit at all I think he's, he's obviously had a f- training session and a few and that because they've said so but I yeah I just don't think he can be fit unless they've had some sort of Behind closed door friendly Jordanish break that no one knows about that maybe he gets to look in with, but he can't be worse than Schneiderman. So I, I think as well. I think I think we're running the risk as well of look at the decline of Seamus Coleman. Seamus Coleman came back for that game yeah. against Leicester after a broken leg, and, and and don't get me wrong, he was fantastic in that game. But since then, it's just been that slow, slow decline. Where to the point where you know I'm shocked that we all thought then John Joe Kenny should start at the Seamus Coleman mm. you know what I mean that's, I think that so it, it, there'll be more eyebrows raised on Tuesday if Coleman starts over Kenny than, than anything yeah else. yeah that's but so I think I think throwing McCarthy in it's massively unfair on him and I just don't think it'll do the team any good he's the kind of player if given the injuries had you know when you win in a game 2 or 3 nil, bring him on for the last 20 minutes just to get him back and you know shoot, shoot on him in the team rather than Rather than throw him in and go, listen, James, you're all we've got, kind of thing. Yeah, you need to go and pull your finger out here now and sort it out. So, I, th- I think with, with with McCarthy, he's been unlucky and he's he's probably been a victim of our downturn in form because ideally he would have liked to get him on, like Rob said, there a couple of games we were winning, you know, 
in, in, in the ascendancy, bring them on 15, 20 minutes to go. But when they're ev- victory secure and stuff like that. But every game we've had so far since the derby has been a slog, yeah. an absolute slog. I mean, and even to the point of like when we go to Millwall in the FA Cup, is Millwall away on a muddy Saturday night? the perfect time mm. to put him back in probably not you know yeah. so he's probably been a victim in the sense that we've just not been in a position where we can sort of ease him back in and get him some game time and I think for Silver if he did put him back back in straight away on Tuesday night it'd be it'd look like the final act of desperation and I think a lot of fans would see it as the final act of desperation and would criticise him for mm. doing it because they'd, they'd probably say well if that's all he's got in terms of Ted in our season round is reintroducing James McCarthy who's been out for is it 16 months now is it some, something like that or just just under yeah. just over yeah. a year then just yeah. over a year if that's all he's got then we are doomed so I, I think it, like Rob says I think it'd be highly highly harsh on, on McCarthy himself to be thrown back into that environment was he on the bench against Huddersfield was he about to come on until yeah, Dinier got sent off yeah, yeah. he I'm has been on the bench I'm trying to think yeah, I'm he sure was about he was about to, to, he was, to come on he was about to come on and he, told, he, he was getting stripped off and then he was told now obviously we have to make the change um, descending uh, off bring on um, Kenny on, brought on Kenny, on yeah, the, yeah. Kenny didn't we yeah. I, I, I thought I was imagining that but now that yeah, yeah. it was Okay, Robert, some good detailed answers there for you. Um, Rob, Callum Lapsley, um, just give us, for this one, just give us the three positions that you think. So obviously this is looking ahead to the summer. What positions do you think need to be filled first and foremost? So be looking in the right summer. Ba- right back, centre mid, striker. Not in that particular order either. Probably go striker first, if I'm being honest. Okay, there you go, Callum. Um, and, and, and the midfielder as well, sorry. It's kind of only if Gay goes, which probably looking like he is going to go at some point during the summer. So, yeah. get that, you know. Well, we could be uh, brought two, mid- two midfielders, could we, in the summer? Yeah. Because on Gomez, oh, Gomez yeah. So, yeah, so yeah definitely centre midfield in some in some capacity. Then I forgot about Gomez being on the, on the unknown. Okay, next question to you, Connor. Um, Carl Bloxham. He says, being a Kiwi, I think we should sign Chris Wood in the summer. Burnley's Chris yeah. Wood, this is. Who would you like to? Um, who would you like to sign to play up front with him? So we've obviously already signed Chris Wood. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the bag. He's in the bag. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting one about Chris Wood because when I went to, you know, went to university, is a big Burnley fan. Follows them home and away. Yeah. And I regularly we, we keep in contact on a regular basis over for the footy, and he absolutely. Was Kane and Chris Woods for months? Saying, really? Yeah, saying he's a championship player and he's not. Did you probably come from Leeds? Yeah, yeah, sorry, Carl. Yeah, um, so I'm going off my mate's recommendation. Resumed, <laughs> 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 um, but now, in terms of who we could, honest, it, it's it's realistic, isn't it? That that's the issue with the centre forward problem is that it's there's no household European name we were going to enhance the club. Is do you mean? You know, it's not even look like we're going to get Europa League football this year, let alone Champions League. I think you'd, you'd have to maybe look at someone like like a Mitrovic from Fulham, someone who, who's down there who's, who scores a couple of goals. But again, you, you're clutching at straws. And for me, I, I'd actually like us to see to go all out and sign a top centre forward. Yeah, put all, you put all the money into that one basket. Yeah. Goal, goals win your games, don't they, at the end yeah. of the day? You know, it's, I, yeah. I, I, for me, I, I think me and you spoke about this actually a couple of weeks ago. We, I, I'd like to just go out there and go for like a big name centre forward, show a bit of ambition, yeah. pay the money what they want, pay the player what they want because you know he's going to deliver. Mm. You know, we've saw with Liverpool with Virgil van Dijk, 
they need the centre back to short the, the 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 back four. They identified him as the one. They basically went to Southampton and said, "How much for Virgil Van Dijk?" They, they waited said, for they, him. They said seventy five million. They paid the seventy five million, given what he wants to wages wise, and they've not looked back since. He, he's transformed into a different team. We need to do the same in terms of centre forward. So. I'd like to see us more rather than name names. I'd like to see us just show a little bit more ambition and genuinely go, and go out there and go out there and, and look at someone who's proven probably goal similar to what we did with Lukaku. Really, yeah. I mean, obviously he was still a lot of potential, but we knew everyone knew, mm. didn't we? Didn't we? That we he was knew from be... like the, the the season he's had at West Brom, the season he had with us on loan, that he knew where the back of the net was, and you, you can't, you know, we've, we've seen have me. You can't teach someone where the back of the net is. People either know where the back of the net is mm. or they don't, and. I'd rather just, like I said, rather than name names to play alongside Chris Wood, I'd rather... <laughs> <laughs> it could be a Blossom and partnership. you never know. You never I'd know. Just... Marco Silva's going to start hoofing it up soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather just go out there and show a little bit of ambition and go for someone who really could take us to the next level. To play alongside uh, Chris Wood. Six goals in 26 matches <laughs> this seen season. Did he, did he score against us when he Leicester did. came up? Uh, that, that, like their first game? He scored, two, two, no, two. he scored against us last year against Burnley. Did he? Yeah, he scored I, I, He scored yeah, he in the game. He outjumped yeah, Michael Key into the back post. Get him in now. <laughs> as soon as you mentioned Chris Wood, I'm thinking back to that Leicester game when they came up and McGeady scored, and I'm sure he scored, and then Yuzhawa scored, and he scored off the bench yeah. to draw 2 2. So get Yuzhawa in. It worked well. Would you have Lukaku back? Yes. Yes, all day next Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I mean, this is a different but podcast altogether, but I wouldn't have sold him in the first place. What, what, just what Connor said go all out for a centre forward. He's obviously clearly struggling at United. I don't yeah. think he would come back though. No, I, I don't think I don't, it's realistic. Yeah, I don't to be think fair. his ego would allow him to come back. No. But you know, it, I don't know. I think if you offered him the right price, it could enhance him back. I don't think United the letters buying for anything less than we they paid for. We'll him, give to be seventy six million. This I think. Time. It, I think it depends. I think I know what you're saying, but I think a lot United depends on the summer. Who's who's in charge? Mm. Because if a new manager comes in mm. and goes, look, I don't want these players. I don't want them anywhere near the club. So get them out. United might be inclined to say, well, we'll actually. You know, we will just get rid of them yeah. rather than you know angle because the new manager is going to come in and go. No, we, we don't want them anywhere near the club. I mean, Sanchez is another one, isn't he? Uh, Arsenal, uh, Man United, who's they reckon is, is being linked, moves away because they don't really want them no mm. more. Basically, so I'd rather see us. Like I know I'd rather see us test the water and show a little bit of ambition and go for these type of players yeah. rather than kind of without even asking the question, dismiss it as oh we haven't got a chance. <laughs> let's just show a little bit of ambition for once and kind of test the water and okay we, we're all bracing ourselves for a no <coughs> but they might come back and say well actually this or actually that this is the price and that's it's set at that okay uh, I'd have gone for I'd have had Bash Y in, mm. in January just as someone mm. different as an attacking outlet who can who can lead the line I mean don't get me wrong I know we couldn't suck him on loan and we weren't going to prepare we weren't prepared to pay what Chelsea wanted but just some of that ilk who can mm. Just obvious, just someone different up front to look at instead of Jenk Tosin doing things he quite clearly can't do and Calvert Lewin just chasing lost causes out wide. Are we ruling out to your Marnie Asses return the summer, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I think, <laughs> I, think, I think his ship has firmly sailed now, hasn't he? Fallen soldier. Yeah. Okay, uh, last couple of questions before the show ends. Uh, Rob, Stephen Kembry. He says he really likes Sigurdsson, but is he part of the problem in terms of the lack of creativity? He even goes far as say, should we sell him in the summer? Yeah. Oh. Uh, he wasn't in your squad then, was he? No, he wasn't. No, Gilfie Sigurdsson's a Sutton's up. Yeah, Gilfie Sigurdsson's a luxury player. At the end of the day, um, I think I touched on this earlier on in the season. He's he's a player who 
right now we need to get back to basics and shore things up. And he's a player who I'm still not sure of his 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 right position. If I'm being honest, is he that number ten or is he better a bit deeper? Either. Either you're, you see, you're, his, his yeah. best position for me on the, at the minute is on the bench. But in terms of selling him, no. But at the same time, if we were to sell him, I think he's going to fall into that same category of we can't get rid of him because his wages are too high and we're going to command too much of a transfer fee. It just that goes for a lot of a people lot of in players, the squad. Yeah, though. you go with your Schneiderlands, etc. They just kind of see out the contract, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, and and but yeah, for me, like I said, Sigurdsson's a luxury player. Uh, but I certainly wouldn't be getting rid of him just yet, I don't think. Okay. Um, Connor Matthew Barry, I don't think this is going to go with your team, but is it time to put Richarlison back up front to fit both Bernard and Sigurdsson in the team to help with creativity? Not to fit Sigurdsson in, but maybe. Cause For Bernard. We haven't got... No, no, I think it, the Richarlison experiment up front worked and it didn't work at times, but I don't think it's that sort of game to fit them back in. I don't think they'll allow us to sort of play in the break, yeah. which is where it worked. I think you need, I think I said this before, like Palace or something, you need that centre, centre forward like Tosin who's going to come on and sort of pin them back five or six yards. Like he's not the world's best and they won't command, like he won't command sort of two to the defenders, but his presence will keep at least one of them there. Which mm. should allow your wing, or you'd hope, would allow your wingers to operate. I think Richardson, you need sort of a game where, like Spurs, where you're going to sit there and you're going to soak up their pressure and then try and break. It's not going to work at Cardiff, not for me. Okay, there you go, Matthew. Question answered. Um, kind of go for the last question then. Um, Nick Hogarth, kind of looking a little bit deeper and, and past Silver here. Uh, what do we know about Silver's assistant coaches? Are any of them highly rated, and does the club need to? look at this area to improve obviously he's put all his own people in Annie. Well, know, I think it's, I think it's, it's like a that. dangerous game isn't it if the blame game the blame game starts kicking in and he starts blaming his coaches and <laughs> I think it's a dangerous game if the club starts putting his assistant manager for him because that never I think you'd see Silver walk then to be honest yeah, with you at uh, the end of the day never ever works yeah, does it you know? every manager doesn't matter who they are I mean Sammy Lee's followed Sam Allardyce around like a bad smell for the past 20 <laughs> years Annie, at the end of the day so you know I, I think every manager has got their own backroom staff and if you start saying well hang on a minute we think such and such is a problem here then the manager's going to go well I'm off to then if that's the case I mean the only thing I would say and it's probably back this backs the claim of when I was on with Graham a couple of weeks ago is that how many of the players have improved under that team's like stewardship in terms of the, the, mm-hmm. the coaching you know has Pickford improved as a goalkeeper under the new goalkeeping coach probably not like any, the goalkeeping coach is meant to be like really highly rated after working with All Black and Edison at but, Benfica. But, and then I agree, Pickford sort of regressed. Yeah, you know, in that, Pick, in that sense. And, and Pickford continues to make the same mistakes, like you know, that like aggressive kind of yeah, yeah. nature, and even like the the playing off from the back. You know, he, he's just. But is ex- that you know you could look at it as is he good enough in the first place just because he plays for England and he's England's yeah, number one that doesn't I know what you're saying, make but him I, the, best, I think that the best goalie in the world. You've got to look at it. How many of them players in that team have improved? You know, have come on. Not many, if if, if any, any yeah. if any. So, I think as a whole, questions have got to be asked, haven't they? In terms of the coaching setup, because, like I said earlier, you know, there's a big mess at the club and there's things going wrong, etc. But the fact, Silvers can't seem to rejuvenate. Silver and his coaching staff can't seem to rejuvenate the players and get them going and get them back on side is a worry, because. 
the least you would expect is for them to, you know, show a little bit of fight, a little bit of passion, a little bit of togetherness. Mm -hmm. At the minute, we're a million miles from that. And I think more than label aim at the one or any individual, it, it's a collective unit. And, you know, ultimately, I think if Silver goes, they'll all go too, won't they? Mm. Very rare that you see. I mean, I know Uncle Ferguson's Uncle kind of... Uncle around. Is, 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 is around, but I mean, even if, you know, even if Silver goes now, I think his time could be up, to be honest, because he's, he's on, he'd be in the, the third or the fourth fell regime. Fourth. So mm. I think his time could be up. So I think if the if one goes, they'll all go. And that's why the club won't ever get involved in who's assistant manager, who's, who's the goalkeeper, coaching, etc. Because, you know, there's there's almost like an acceptance now that managers will work with directors of football. Whereas five years ago, it seems a no-go area for a lot of managers working with director of football. There's a little bit of acceptance now. I think they probably crossed the line if they started saying, you've, you're going to have to work with, you're going to work with this coach, you're going to work with that coach. We're bringing this person in. So going back to the question, I think it's, it's a unit one. And if one goes, the law go. Ultimately, Silver will be the first to go and they'll follow suit. Okay, that's it for your, uh, your fan podcast for this week. Connor, thanks for coming on. Oh, Rob, right. thank you. And Connor, thank you for coming on. We will be back with the fan po- podcast on Thursday, the 28th of February. We will be looking back to the Cardiff results and we will be previewing the dreaded Merseyside derby. <laughs> thanks for listening. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.